0: In the 1700s, there was a philosopher called Immanuel Kant, and he made it his mission to make a religion that was based purely on rationalism, purely on what reason could tell you. He wanted no supernatural revelation, nothing from God to man, only what you can work out with your brain. Now, he worked out that morality exists... And therefore justice exists. There are right things that deserve right uh, rewards and there are bad things which deserve punishment. But he then reasoned also that we see bad people getting away with it and good people not being rewarded. And so he then further reasoned there must be a God. There must be something higher or an afterlife so that the righteous can be rewarded and the wicked can be punished. Otherwise, such a thing as justice doesn't exist. So his reasoning, therefore, is justice, a rational notion of justice. If justice exists, there must be a day or a time where justice is acted out. That's not just true for Kant and his religious system. That is central to the Bible's teaching, both Old and New Testament. And today's line of the creed captures it with a very clear statement that you also find in the New Testament, that Jesus will return from the right hand of God to judge the living and the dead. Acts 10 makes this clear, Jesus is the one who has been appointed to be the judge of the living and the dead. Now, let's unpack a few things about that, about this statement that Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. One of the things that I think is important to look at is there's two elements to this kind of judgment that we might have in our mind. Now, in the West, we are very individualistic, and that's not necessarily a criticism, because some individualism is good. But one of the ways that individualism works out is we kind of tend to think that these things happen on a person-by-person basis. So, eschatology is the word we use in theology to describe the end times. We often have a very clear understanding of a kind of a personal eschatology, what happens to me and to them when I die when they die. And it tends to go something like this. The righteous, they do all kinds of things. Christians do all kinds of things that don't get rewarded. And we die. And we that's when Jesus judges us and welcomes us into heaven. And that's it. And the wicked, they do wicked things. They sin against God. They aren't forgiven because they don't trust in Christ. They die. And they're then judged and sent to hell. And there is a grain of truth in that. There is something about the fact that dying is, a, it kind of marks the ceiling of, of judgment. Hebrews 9 says it is appointed for a man to die and then afterwards to face judgment. But that's not to say that the Bible puts all the emphasis on the personal. And I don't think we should either. We should think much more about kind of a, a cosmic eschatology or a uh, an objective eschatology, I suppose you could call it. And this is what Jesus talks about a lot. Not that there is a day where I will die and face my judge, which is true, but that there is a day where Jesus will come and judge the living and the dead, where the whole world on one day at one time will be held in a judgment. Throughout the Gospels, you'll find Jesus saying very, very little about what happens to you when you die. You'll find Jesus often talking about judgment day, the day of the resurrection, the day where he will judge the righteous and the unrighteous. As I say, he doesn't talk a lot about kind of a personal eschatology. And it's important to think even things that like hell. In the Bible, hell isn't where people go now. Hell is where people go after they have been judged on judgment day. And again, for, for Christians, heaven isn't where we will stay forever. Heaven is where we go safe with the Lord until the day of judgment, where we will be resurrected to live on the new earth with Jesus. So the, the day of judgment, the day where Jesus returns for, because that's what Jesus' return is for, the day of judgment, that is what's central in the Bible. Now, it's good to have a good understanding of, of personal eschatology. It's good to know that when I die, I'm safe for the Lord and I'll be in heaven. And it's also good to know that uh, there is no second chance. Our chance to evangelize the world is in this life. Once someone has died, that's it. But it's more important that we see the bigger picture. Jesus is coming back to judge. Now, living in the light of uh, Judgment Day provides hope. For us, I think, it provides hope knowing that Jesus is coming back. This world has not been left. In fact, Jesus, when he ascended to heaven, finished his work, but in a sense, continued it in a different way. And that work is not finished until he then returns and completes it. The language that a lot of people use is that Jesus um, has inaugurated his kingdom and he will consummate it when he returns. The work is finished. Uh, Rather, the work will be finished. But also living in light of Judgment Day gives us a real motive, I think, for pursuing obedience. All of my good deeds that are unseen, all of our good deeds which go unseen and unappreciated by the world, Jesus has an account for. Equally, all the secret sins, the sins that dwell in my heart that I let no one else see, are not hidden from God. And so I have this real motive now to stop pursuing them because Jesus is coming back and and he is the perfect judge and he knows. At the same time, that same thought fills me with hope because I know that even those sins have been put on Jesus. In fact, Judgment Day tells us that there is no such thing as an unpunished sin. Every single sin against God is either punished on the cross 2,000 years ago or on Judgment Day when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead. Now, notice that it says Jesus is coming back from uh, the right hand of the father to judge the living and the dead, which assumes that when he's uh, coming back there are still some living now maybe this doesn't apply to you, but I think it's very common to imagine Jesus kind of returning to this barren wasteland um he's, he's kind of when he returns we kind of know that it's round the corner at any moment and actually what a line like this the living and the dead kind of implies is it's almost as though Jesus is kind of breaking in he's unexpected. And the Bible is very clear that when Jesus comes back, it, life will be going on as normal. Now, you can have different opinions on what the world will be like when Jesus returns. I, for instance, and am, am convinced from the Bible that Jesus is going to return to a glorified world where um, most of the population are Christians and, and know and love the Lord. That doesn't necessarily mean that when Jesus comes in and everyone's surprised, they're surprised because they don't want him. It would be a surprise if he came to our church, for instance, when we do want him. It's so rather just saying Jesus kind of... Um, just appears on the scene and I think that's a really good thing to hold on to. You don't know when Jesus is coming back, you can't chart it. Jesus is going to come when he wants to come to judge the living and the dead. Now the most important thing I think about this and something that I think we as Christians need to know and take in from this and the reason I say us as Christians is because if you are a Christian your belief is in Christ, it's in the name now, when we say Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead, we are making a statement about who Jesus is. Now, Kant would say, as I said at the beginning, that there is going to be a time when everyone is judged. What he is missing is who is doing the judging. Who has the right, in Kant's worldview, who can reason tell him is doing the judging? He doesn't have a figure. But we can say, I know who the judge is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And what a comfort it is to say that, because the same person who will be judging the world and holding it to account is the same faithful, loving Jesus that we know. The same gentle saviour that calls us his sheep, that cares for us, that protects us, is the one who will be holding us to account. Think, imagine for a moment, if you were going to court and you knew that the person who would be judging you was someone who was a nice caring, gentle person who cares about justice, but is not harsh in applying it. What I think a comfort it is for us as Christians to know that when we go to the judgment seat, it will be the same precious Jesus who we call Lord and brother now judging us. And he knows everything already. I, I, I personally just find that such uh, an encouragement. And like Abraham in Genesis, we can rejoice knowing that the judge of all the earth will do right. He won't, he, he cannot give an unjust statement, an, an unjust verdict. Jesus rules perfectly justly. And as I say, he doesn't change his character. He doesn't go from being a gentle saviour now to then go into kind of harsh judging mode then. Jesus is the same Jesus that we know and love who will be judging us on the last day. What a joy that is. And finally, just one thing to finish with. There's a phrase which is often thrown around. Let justice prevail though the whole world burn. It's this view that, you know, even if it means everything I care about crumbling down, as long as the right thing comes to be, that's what we need. And I was reading one theologian a few months ago who just made that point, which I thought was so wonderful. It said that the character of the judge of all the world, God, who we come before, shows us that the Bible's spin on that phrase is, let justice be done, though the whole world be saved. And I think, wow. What a way to put it, to say justice is being done. We can look forward to that day. We can say all justice will be perfectly administered and yet not at the expense of every single thing being destroyed, but rather about with us being redeemed, with the world being transformed. And I think only the judge of all the earth who will do right can achieve that. Jesus, the judge of the living and the dead. So let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus now for what he's done in the past, for what he's doing now, but also for what he will do in the future, for the fact that Jesus is coming back from the Father's side to judge the living and the dead. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you later. Bye.